Hello Naglets, hope you're doing okay, welcome to my podcast. So today's podcast was actually prompted by one of my clients, she asked me a fantastic question, it's actually one I've never come across before because I guess I aim to try to coach and educate about this anyway, but her question was, Nat, how do I stop being so hungry all the time? And let's put a bit of context to this. So she's doing fat loss at the moment. She wants to work on losing body fat while she's working on her strength goal. She's lifting weights. And also at the same time, she's trying to make changes to her lifestyle so she can do it for the long term as well. So we've been working on this for the past, uh, probably since COVID. So I'm trying to think now, probably, it's probably going on about two, maybe almost three years, I guess, almost. So what I've tried to establish with my client who was asked, Nat, how do I stop feeling hungry, basically? She has very filling meals, so she's eating very high-protein meals. Um, she's not a breakfast person, but she actually opts to have a protein shake. That's just her preference. It's what she likes to have, and she enjoys it. And then she'll have a lunch, which is normally something in the slow cooker she's done. Uh, she'll have a carbs there, she'll have veggies there. Um, and then save for the evening meal as well. And she has one thing a day she enjoys and has that after the meal. So we've obviously reduced snacking in between meals as well. And she has a weekly calorie goal. So she has that bit more flexibility for the weekends. She can enjoy some tasty high calorie meals as well. But she said recently in a session, that nah, I'm still feeling hungry. I was quite honest. I said, Luke, I said most of the time, I do feel quite hungry in between meals. But it's knowing what actual hunger is. Uh, like I said, are you actually generally hungry? Are your blood sugars low? Are you starving? Are you going to end up slapping somebody if they speak to you or breathe your way because you're so hungry? Or is it a case of it's a wave of hunger, but it will go? So the first thing I always say to clients when this happens, I'm like, one... Or how do you feel when you are hungry between those meals? So even though you're having very filly meals and you're not leaving it too long between those meals. So I've always advised idea of your meals filling enough. You should be able to keep going without any food for four to five hours. Hydrate in between maybe a coffee or a cup of tea or a, a diet soda would be fine. And if that's the case, they're ticking that box. I'm like, right, let's go with how you actually feel about it. Let's just slow down a bit. It sounds a bit, again, a bit fluffy. I hate use. It's It always sounds a bit cheesy to be talking about this, but the more I've studied and learned about human psychology, especially to do with hunger and behaviours, the more actually it's important for you to actually stop a minute and think, actually, what am I experiencing right now and why? So, for example, I've personally changed my habits because when I go to doing a calorie surplus, I used to... In the before in the past to do that is opt to actually have more snacks in between my meals which for most people that isn't an issue but then I thought to myself well some sometimes of the year I might actually put a bit of body fat on and I might want to just lose a little bit now and again uh, because that's the whole point of maintenance you know you'll have um, a ratio of like where you'd like your weight so I work in kilograms so I don't like being lower than 53 kilograms and ideally I try to stay between that and about 57 kilograms over the whole year. If I start creeping up to the 57 kilograms and I'm feeling like I'm a bit fluffy, you know, carrying a bit more body fat than usual, notice a difference in my fitness maybe for it as well, 
probably after winter or Christmas usually. That's the only time I put a bit more body fat on because I'm not as active. I'm not out and about as much. It's cold. You want to stay in to be cosy. So I think, you know what, just for like four or five weeks from January onwards, I'll work on a fat loss goal. And I found it hard when I've done this this year almost to do that because I was so used to snacking in between. It became habitual to do it. So this time around doing a calorie surplus, I've already knocked that habit on the head and actually have something that I enjoy straight after a meal, just like I say to my clients, like for fat loss, is something I enjoy. For example, just before I created, started this podcast, I had my I had my tea, so I had like a chicken curry that I made. It was very filling, very satiating. Um, but I like to have something sweet to enjoy, like we all do. So I had this delicious walnuts and coffee swirl roll thing, which is a bit like a cinnamon uh, swirl, but it's coffee and walnut. Very nice. Highly recommend you trying it. And I had that straight after my meal. I'm just enjoying the coffee now, just before I head off to a class in a bit. And I do feel very satiated, you know. And what I also do when I'm in a surplus now, rather than think three meals and snack, I do four meals. But my fourth meal is like a small mini one, so I do it that way. And for those who are wondering why calorie surplus, I'm actually deliberately trying to put muscle on. Um, you know, I want to be stronger. I've got probably pretty much almost my limit on strength, so I need to put a bit of weight on and muscle on now. So ideally, I can lift heavier weights later this year. So that's my goal at the moment, personally. And to achieve that, I have to be in a calorie surplus. It's not a massive amount. I think people think, oh, you've got to eat like thousands of extra calories. It's not at all. It's two to 300, maybe 500 extra calories a day. Again, I use a week total. So yes, I've pulled my calories up in the week, but I also keep it at a level so I can have a little bit more flexibility on the weekends. So again, with regards to what I do with my clients, so of course I looked at her habits and behaviours around food. So the first we nailed on the head recently was not snacking in between meals and having things she enjoys alongside meals. So then we're getting rid of that activity, that habit of say, oh, two o'clock in the afternoon, even on a weekend, it's like, you know what, I'm going to have something out. I, I fancy something snacky, I'll get something. I also apply this rule on weekends if I can. If it's a special occasion, you've gone for an afternoon tea or you're out and about on a hike, then yeah, you might snack a bit more than usual. But most weekends, if you're just chilling in and you're not even going out for a meal till later in the evening, you could still apply those rules of not snacking between meals, just like you do in the week. All it is, your meals might be more high calorie and you may opt for maybe a more high calorie dessert perhaps on the weekends because you're eating out. Or baked a cake in my case. So I said to it, how do you actually feel when you're hungry in between these meals? Like, are you starving or you just feel hunger? And she said, you know, she feels she just feels general hunger. And I said, if you went to go, you know, do, do something else to distract yourself, do you think you realise you're hungry after a while? And she's like, no, if I read a book or play a game, go for a walk, I'd probably forget that I'm hungry. So... That's the first suggestion we've made together. We've said, right, this could be actually mostly because of habit and the past of snacking in between and boredom. We do eat just for an activity, believe it or not. You know, it's not always because of stress. It's not always because we're happy. It's not always because we're sad. Sometimes boredom is more common for people snacking than sometimes just generally feeling like shit and wanting to eat something to make yourself feel better by having your favourite tasty treat. So 
that's where we've got to so far. So I've asked her to experiment. And basically, she's got to... If she finds something snacky, I said, right, I'm not saying to have it, but probably have a prompt somewhere to stop you or stick in a sticker on the cupboard. Or it could be that you generally are all right at just thinking, you know what, I'm going to sack. I'm going to give myself 30 minutes before having a snack. And when I say giving yourself 30 minutes, I mean, don't sit there staring at the cupboard where the snack is or the fridge or putting it out on the side looking at it. Go off and go do something. Go do something that's more fun. So for her, she was gaming, reading, listening to audios, maybe even go for a walk. I just said, keep it as simple as that. I said, even maybe go and do a, a task that you need to do that you've been procrastinating about, like housework or if you're studying at the moment, go and study for an hour. So go and basically occupy yourself, go keep yourself busy, but do something that's either purposeful or a bit more fun and just see if that works. If after 30 minutes and you've done that activity, you're like, you know what, no, I really fancy that, then yeah, have it, sit down, enjoy it, don't be distracted on your phone or watching the TV while having it, you know, enjoy that tasty snack that you want and, you know, eat it slowly and then enjoy it, you know, count it into your uh, meals or calories, however you're doing it that day as well. And move forward from there and just think, right, that's it, I've had that now, so I'll just stick to my meals, whatever's left for the day, and keep it that simple. But a lot of you might be saying, but shouldn't we honour our hungry? Should we eat when we're hungry? I'm going to say yes and no, and it depends. For people who've maybe struggled with relationship with food, that might be different, it's what we call intuitively eating. So you're learning to probably eat not just on emotion, trying to eat on actual hunger cues or get into a bit of a routine with eating. But I said this to my client, I said, if I ate every time I was hungry, I wouldn't get a lot done because all I'd be doing is eating. When people are leaner and don't carry as much body fat, you're actually more hungry. Your hunger hormones, ghrelin, or known as the gremlin, is, becomes more stronger and increases when you're leaner. This is why you need to get habits and actions and your lifestyle in check when as you lose body fat because as you get leaner, your hunger will increase. So that's why having a regular exercise routine, getting to weight training, having a regular sleep routine, having a regular eating routine as well, uh, having filly meals, high in protein and veggies and opting to have your favourite foods maybe after a meal, maybe not every day and perhaps moderate it a little bit more because you deal with those behaviours now and then when you do get leaner, and you want to stay like that most of your life, you've got to have these habits in place because you're going to be hungrier than more than usual. Now, if I didn't tell you that, if I told you the opposite, actually, you follow when you're leaner, perhaps as a placebo effect, you would think that. And I don't say to myself, I'm leaner, so I'm going to be hungrier because I'd feel hungry all the time. And I know I do, but I just don't let it. I don't give in to it. I don't mean in a way like, oh, I'm strong-willed and all this. It's just I recognise it's not actual hunger hunger. Like, I've felt hungry two hours after eating something that's 40, 50 grams of protein and had loads of veggies in there and even carbohydrates and it was tasty and I took my time with it and had a drink with it. So I'm like, I'm not actually really hungry. This is just a wave of hunger. Because hunger hunger is, is like a hormone. So you're ghrelin, which is a hormone which tells your brain, I am hungry, please go eat. Part of your survival. It will come and go. In peaks and troughs so you'll eat your breakfast say first thing perhaps like me and a couple hours or an hour or so later you might feel a little bit of hunger but if you're occupied with your work your business your kids any tasks after an hour or so you forget about it and that hunger will disappear suddenly 
before I had my uh, tea tonight, before coming on to here, I came from training at about three o'clock and I could easily eat in there and then. I could have eat that walnut coffee swirl there and then. But I thought, no, I'm going to put it aside. I'm going to enjoy that with my tea. I'm going to go nip upstairs. I had some work to do and I thought, give myself an hour or half an hour to go do something and then see how I feel. Before I knew it, it was ten past four. And you know what? I didn't feel starving, but I knew I was ready to have my food because it'd been about four or five hours since I've eaten. So I sat down on my evening uh, evening meal. So I hope this makes sense, guys. Again, it's not just about thinking on my food is my food satiating, but also just a bit of a routine with when you eat as well. I think I find quite helpful. I find when I first meet clients with their nutrition, it's there's a couple of things that they tend to struggle with. Is one when they eat like a bit of a routine, uh, and two obviously how filling the meals are, and three that they're just eating for the sake of it mid-afternoon. It's just habit, go to the cupboard, cup of tea, couple of biscuits. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. For some people, that might be fine. They're in their calories and they're in great shape, and that's fine. But if it's causing an issue with your fat loss goals, then we need to address that because snacking is the easiest place to look at and then sorting out nutritious, filling, tasty meals to help you meet your goals for the long term. So with hunger, like I say, it's like waves. So if you go distract yourself, and if after half an hour to an hour and you're absolutely marvelling, then yeah, you probably need to eat. It might have been a bit too long between your meals, but I think, you know what, it's coming up to six hours. I'm bloody starving. I'm going to have to have something because my partner isn't home for another hour. I, I definitely can't wait that long. I'm going to eat in the world if I don't eat something now. So that's where it might be, oh, I'll go downstairs and maybe instead of having that snack that tastes good, you're going to leave that till after your evening meal, but you might have something that's like a protein shake, uh, yoghurt and fruit. And it might be you have that and you're like, you know what, I'm going to have to have that thing now I enjoy. So have the yoghurt and fruit or the protein shake and maybe uh, some fruit, uh, just like apples or pears or pineapple, whatever your preference is. And again, sit and enjoy it. And then you might find out after your evening meal because you've had that before, you're quite full and you're okay. But this will take practice. The thing with fat loss, I like to compare it to martial arts, like learning martial arts. Those who don't know me, I practice in the art of kickboxing and I've also practiced in the art of Thai boxing for many, many years since the age of 12. And I'm 34 this year. I did have a 10 year gap though, but I always practice it on and off. As with martial arts and fat loss, you're going to be shit at it at first. You know, you think with fat loss, your first time we're doing fat loss for most people, they'll do some strange thing to get there fast. So if, say, fat loss, for example, I've done it as well. I've cut carbohydrates. I've tried bullet coffee, which is a load of bullshit. It's basically a high-fat coffee, which means very high-calorie coffee. Makes no difference to anything at all. It just tastes like very buttery greasy coffee it might be that you've just cut bread uh you've stopped having all your favorite treats um it could be that in the week you barely eat and on the weekends you go crazy you're doing some sort of diet with some strange rules so if you deviate from the diet everything comes back on or you wait because you don't know how to do that on your own without those set rules and how to maintain but the point is you might be shit at it at first because Either one, you have no idea how to do it for the long term when it comes to fat loss. Or with martial arts, it might be you try and do a crash course in martial arts. There is actually crappy coaches out there who will do quick crash, crash courses, how to be good at martial arts, where martial arts takes 
thousands and thousands of repetition of doing punches, kicks and movements to get better and better. When I get people coming to my kit boxer size and they're new and a nervous blessing, my lot who experience appreciate, I always remind them you were there once to please help this person get better and better as well as me with my coaching. I would like you to make this person feel welcome and if they're partner with you, take one for the team and please help them out along the way as I now come over obviously and coach as well and help help out too because we want this person to get better. And it's the same with fat loss. You build that support around you as well because it's hard on your own. Like martial arts, learning martial arts is very hard to learn off YouTube. Ideally, you want to coach and go to classes or do one-to-one or have some form of professional person there helping you to get better so you know how to make progress. And the other thing with fat loss and martial arts, there are people, there's always going to be somebody out there better than you at it because if you've done it longer or the way they take to it, it could be their lifestyle, their mindset, they're an individual. But always remember, someone out there is always going to be better than you. So rather than thinking, oh, look at that person, look how they lift weights and look how lean they are, I'll never be like that. If you have that attitude, then you never will. That's self-prophesizing. It's the same in martial arts. Like when I had this 10-year gap from, kickbox- uh, from Thai boxing and I was heading off to this kickboxing class, and I-, I was dead nervous to go. It took me months to talk myself into going because I just thought, now nah, you're going to be shit, you're not going to be good enough. Everyone else is going to be fantastic at it. You're going to get your ass kicked. Um, it was worse actually knowing I'd already done martial arts and done a similar martial art. So when I went there, what I did... I wanted no expectations on myself. And I did. I was honest to the coach, said, I have done martial arts in the past, but please treat me like a beginner because it's been 10 years. And I wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I loved the session because I've been going back now for about five years. Would have been six of it for COVID. I even dislocated my kneecap and had a calf tear doing, it, doing martial arts. And I still go back because I love it so much. And my boxing was never my strong suit when it comes to Thai boxing. And also going into kickboxing. So I wanted to get better. So my coach helped me to get better and better at the boxing side. And my kicks came back as the more I practiced as well. But that didn't happen from one lesson. It happened from hours of hours of practice. I would practice outside of kickboxing at home to practice getting better. I took in what he was teaching us at the lesson and then applied it to myself when I was training on my own. So this is what I'm getting at when it comes to people beating themselves up saying... I'm shit at this, I've got no willpower. It's like, no, it's nothing to do with that. I see as fat loss as just like learning something new, a new skill like martial arts. As Bruce Lee said, he doesn't fear the man who's learned hundreds different of kick hundreds of different kicks. I'm probably saying this quote wrong. But he fears the man who's practiced the same kick one thousand times. Because they are gonna be more deadly than someone who's tried to practice hundreds of different of different kicks. Because that person who has mastered something particular like one aspect and it's gotten really good at it can actually make them more deadly than that other person who knows just different kicks and this is the same with fat loss i'll get people going i'm good at dieting but it's like yeah but you're not good at maintaining because you don't know how to do that you need to learn this skill you need to learn it's down to changing your lifestyle and making tweaks not sacrifices compromising um learning that it's a patient game and it's not very rewarding. Like I had a client, um, they checked in with me online the other, week, uh, the other day. Had a great week. 
hit everything with their goals, like hitting their protein. They've been working on their fibre at the moment. They do over 70,000 steps a week. They do their weight training, making progressive overload, sleeping as best they can with the heat, hydrating. And they actually drank less alcohol as well. And so basically their calories are a little bit lower actually this week. And they were gutted because their weight wasn't lower. I was like, I'm afraid fat loss isn't that rewarding like that. You could put in all this work and you will not get the return you expect because it's over a period of time. This is the same with martial arts. When I used to do, when I started sparring, so those who don't know what sparring is, it's like very light contact fighting, but very, very light contact. You normally open glove, you, you pad it up. It's very controlled. It's a lot slower than actual fighting. And it might be you practice combinations, you've practiced shadow boxing, etc. And you think, I should be dead good at this. And you go to spa and you get tagged loads of times. And I'll be honest, I do fall in that category. And I get peed off and I'm like, I'm freaking good at doing combos. I know how to execute punches and kicks. I know how to flow off a combo. I even know how to set someone up to hit them. And I do a lot of shadow work, which is a lot of visualisation, imagining the opponent hitting you as well. My fitness is good. But sometimes it just doesn't come across. It doesn't transfer very well in your sparring because you need more practice, which in my case is practicing more sparring. And because I've been practicing more sparring, I am getting better now. But again, it's taken hours and hours and hours and hours to become better. I've only noticed suddenly a bit more progress in my sparring actually the past year since going back kickboxing or say starting kickboxing because I did Thai boxing before. But yeah, I've only just noticed that progress now. And I've been going back for five years. And even my usual opponent said, I can tell you, you're just getting better. And I've noticed all of a sudden the past couple of months, my progress has accelerated a little bit. Just like fat loss does sometimes. You'll get maybe a month or two where you get quite some good results. You're doing everything you should be doing like you have been before. You've been grinding it. You've been having that dip where motivation drops and now you're reliant on discipline and just getting it done and keeping going, keep chipping away. And then suddenly big wins come along out the blue or you're getting good progress every week. And this is the same with my sparring. I've started to get quite good progress. Um, my last sparring session I did recently, uh, the guy I pair with, he's similar height to me and similar weight, which is quite lucky really, being the, fem- the only female there. As other than that, all the blokes are taller than me and heavier than me. So they could kick the shit out of me if they wanted to, simply through body mass. Whereas I stand a little bit of a chance against a guy similar height and weight to me, though he's very technically good and very strong and very fit as well. So I do respect him as, as an opponent and as my sparring partner. So I end up sparring a couple of different lads there who are clearly a lot bigger and heavier than me. So I do respect if they wanted to, they could knock me out. But... I also understand I could be quicker than them because I'm light on my feet. Um, you know, I've got the agility, I've got the speed, I've got the stamina to do it as well. And I just found um, I made myself a harder target to be hit. So I got tagged less. And one of the guys I spoke is a lot bigger than me. He is a fantastic, uh, at his kickboxing. He's really good. Great power. If he decided to go full ball of a roundhouse kick, he would probably break my legs. But he was struggling to tag me because of the way I was moving. It meant I had to work a bit harder, but my tactic was working. I was able to jump in and out now and again to tag him, back out, block some of his punches. Yeah, he tagged me still now and again. But it felt like, oh, it's clicking. I'm making progress. I'm trying to 
not to go back and forth and try to work around my opponent. And this is again what you're going to do with fat loss. It might be just some months you're like, you know what, I'm nailing where I've been going wrong. So for me, it kept boxing. I was too static and back and forth. I, I need to actually, when I'm doing combos, learn to fight and strike and and uh, counter from different angles rather than trying to hit someone straight in front of me. I'm trying to work around them and use my speed and my agility against them. And same with fat loss. It might be you were fine in the week. You're actually okay. You're doing well with your meals. You're having one thing a day you enjoy. But on the weekends, you think, shit, this is where my progress has been hindering me. Because one weekend it might be, you know what, I'm just going to track everything just out of curiosity with eating out and drinking everything. And you find actually you end up at maintenance or site surplus over the whole week. The the weekend has ended up averaging your week out at maintenance or a surplus. And you're like, this is where my progress is slowing. I need to sort my weekends out. So it might be on the weekends. You normally have, say, 12, 15 alcoholic drinks over the course of the weekend. So you reduce that number, not cut it, but reduce it. And maybe swap for some non-alcoholic drinks, which are lower in calorie or zero calorie sodas or swap to water later in the night. Do a bit more dancing and enjoy yourself. Uh, it could be that when you're going out for meals, you just make some little swaps. So you normally have burger and chips or steak and chips. So you swap the chips for roasted veggies or salad. Um, it might be a free course. So you drop down to two courses. So you just make little tweaks and you're becoming better at eyeballing food. So, for example, when you get into, like, say, tracking calories for a bit, whether you're going to do it for the long term because it suits you, or even if you're not, just to learn and become educated about nutrition, you end up obviously weighing some foods, and you get better eyeballing foods. You get better eyeballing what 40 grams of oats looks like. Um, you get better, and even knowing what the calories are. Same with, like, say, 100 gram chicken breast. You get better at cooking as well. Like, I don't mean just flavours and making it taste nice and getting better actually just consistently prepping, but you're actually good at adjusting the macronutrients in your food to suit your goals. Because someone asked me today, um, oh, naturally a good pie recipe, but that will fit in my goals. That's not stupidly high calories. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So give them like a recipe. I do post, post recipes out every Saturday. I am due to do another pie recipe. But anyway, what I do, I look for a pie recipe. Like, say a chicken and leek. I've gone BBC Good Food or Jamie Oliver because I like how he does his pies. And I look up how to cook up a pie. And I, I think, what can I swap in that to adjust the calories and the protein and the veggies in there? Normally, the protein's a little bit low in some of these pies because they amount the same per person, per serving. So say it's chicken thighs, I'll swap for chicken breast because it's a bit lower calorie, it's a bit more filling and you get a lot more from chicken breast than you do from chicken thighs from a cost point of view and bulking out the meal. I put way, way more veg in than it says as well. But what I do to counteract the calories as well, I actually reduce the amount of pastry I use. So I just roll it and stretch it a little bit more and then cut off whatever I don't use and freeze it and use the frozen bit for another time. And it might be that instead of having potatoes and chips or mash with it, I'll put loads of veg with it on the side, like roasted, like root veg. But if I want a slightly high calorie meal and I've made the adjustments of the pie and I've got the room, of course I'll have mashed potato or roast potatoes, definitely. I mean, pie and potatoes is amazing. But that's a skill I've learned over the years. I've learned how to do it. I could do it with curry, so... You know, just like, say, even swapping what the fats are because they're the easiest things to swap. So, say if you've got full-fat creme fraiche in a chicken and leek pie, use lighter creme fraiche just because it's lower calorie. It might be that they use a double cream. So you might use a single cream or milk 
or another one I like to use is light cream cheese so a lower fat cream cheese is a good one so you just learn to make little substitutes and just little adjustments but to make it taste nice fit in your calorie goal hit your protein goal your veggie goal as well because you can whack more veggies in or have more on the side and just making those adjustments with the pastry you know I just basically don't use as much as it says for the recipe I just take a little bit off and then when I divide it to four or five servings for myself and my missus and a bit of prep or for friends if I got them over um, it just reduces the calories down a bit but because I've helped the protein in there and the fibre it's gonna be filling and tasty so and that's a skill again you'll learn over time you know cooking's a massive skill to learn I think when it comes to fat loss because when you cook more at home you can cook more based on what your goals and preferences are when you're eating out all the time and relying even on ready meals they can be so inaccurate even calories on a menu could, could be legally up to 20% inaccurate and that could be over and under or under probably over most of the time especially when eating out because it depends on the chef what oils and stuff they use with the cooking you're telling me they're going to measure out that oil exactly to keep the calories the same probably not other thing with the skill of fat loss as well is mastering not doing all or nothing you're mastering working at a percentage so you'll have say People tend to want to work at 100% or they're zero. Why can't you work at 60%? Why not even 40%? You don't have to be zero. But you also don't need to aim to be 100 because nobody hits 100% every day with their goals. No one. Because of life. Things are always going to get in the way every day. Whether it's because your kids, your dog, your pets, your work, your business, your car breaks down someone sadly passed away in your family or someone's hurting your family you've got to go and help them there's always going to be something so with that in mind bear in mind that percentage category instead of thinking i've got to work at 100 or zero think this is my minimum what i'm going to aim for if it's a really shit day and things go to shit so say 40 50 percent on my days where i can push it a bit it's going to be 60 to maybe up to even 80 percent and if it some days it might be you maybe do a fluke at a hundred, but that's not going to be all the time. That doesn't mean the next day aim for a hundred. You aim to do your best every day, with what you can do based on the circumstances. Here's a little example. So say, say you got COVID, right? And clients are like, I just can't do anything. I'm not going to tell a client to train. I'm not going to tell a client to go out for walks and say, oh, it's just it's just COVID, it's just an illness. Not at all. With any illness. I would say to a client, right, all I want you to do is make sure you're hydrated because that's important. If you can eat and if you can stomach it, have protein. If you can't, just eat what you can. Make sure you're fueling your body because your body's working hard to recover. Um, and make sure you're getting proper sleep as well. You know, you're using rest and, rec- and sleep because that's the best way to recover your body. That's working at 40% for me because you can still do little bits but it might be you can't eat as efficiently, depends what you can stomach, but you can always hydrate and sleep. And then it could be, another example could be, let's say a general day and you're not ill. So you've done your morning routine, so you got up, you had your glass of water, you might have had a coffee, you've had a high protein breakfast, you got off to work and you had to work for your lunch break. But you've already hit 40% of almost your day there, achieving some goals, which is like your breakfast, your hyd- a bit of your hydration, and you've even walked to work as well. And you've got to wait for your lunch break, so you skipped your lunch. And then you get to the evening 
and you're meant to go to the gym, but you're not fueled enough because you haven't eaten your lunch, you're absolutely starving and you're fatigued. So it might be a case of, right, I've probably got 20% effort left in me today. I, I can't go to the gym. I can't put that effort in. So you know what? I'm going to go home, have my food. And obviously I'm walking home as well. And I'm going to go for another just walk or do a stretch or yoga or just do house tasks, just something active. And I'm going to journal down because I'm a bit stressed. And I want to just make sure I get a good night's sleep tonight. That could be your 20% output you're going to give. You've got to imagine yourself as, like a, as a phone battery, how charged you are each day. And how much energy other things have taken away from you as well. And base that upon what you can do. This is why I say with all of my coaching and even in the online Forever Strong online group coaching membership, we always do a check-in of, have you done your daily non-negotiables mostly all this week? Which we normally ask them to do three. And ideally three things that you could do every day no matter what. But we do ask them to be flexible if on holiday or if ill and change those goals and that's fine. But they're always working on three little actions each day. Because that's like planting the seed every day. That's like watering your flower every day. So imagine you're the flower and you need light and water most days. So you doing those daily non-negotiables is giving yourself some water and giving yourself some light every day. And it's all applicable towards your goals. Mastering this mindset of just doing something every day will mean you'll always progress forward no matter, you know, what it doesn't matter how small it is or how big it is, progress is progress. And that is the biggest one people struggle with, is mastering all the all-nothing mentality. Everyone wants to be 100 mile per hour or they want to be zero. They're not happy with in-between. But in-between is going to make you move forwards. Whereas, if say, seven days in a week and you work 100% three days a week, you're not going to get any further than somebody who's working at 50, 60% because they're doing it every day. You're doing it three days one week, two days the other, zero the week after, zero the week after, 100 on the Monday, zero on Tuesday, zero on Wednesday. Can you see what I'm getting at here? You've got to have the mindset of, I'm going to do what I can each day, which is why I tell a lot of clients, plan out your night the night before because then you know what you've got, what capacity you can work at the next day with what you can do. You know, and if you can't take everything off that list, what you want to do, what you plan that day, at least do the best you can, do as much as you can on that. And as long as you've done something, even one thing, you've done something towards that goal. It's keeping your head in the game and aim to make the next day even better. And this is why I like using this analogy about martial arts and fat loss. Because sometimes I could be sparring and I just can't seem to get my head in the game and do as well. So what I do, I go to basics. I use a jab more. I use my teep, which is like a front kick for keeping distance. Um, I just aim to try and just block a, an attack and just try to counter. I just go back to my basics. And then hopefully I flow into it and I'm able to get into a bit of a rhythm and then I'm able to throw uh, bigger combinations and get inside my opponent, especially if they're taller than me. The same with fat loss. There's some days your head just isn't quite at that capacity you want to work at usually. So it may be a case of, you know what, I need to go to my basics. Let's work on my daily non-negotiable. So it could be hitting my protein target through having protein dispersed in my meals. It could be just simple as getting out for a walk and having a decent sleep routine 
So getting myself to bed settled, not on my phone, having wind down time to be able to have a good night's sleep so I'm more recharged for the next day. So apply that mentality into everything in your life. But for fat loss, I would recommend that mentality. It's a great way to get into it. But to also, again, sum up with the whole, like say, how do I stop uh, feeling hungry between meals? Ask yourself all these questions. So one, are my meals filling enough? Have I got enough protein, fibre? You know, and is it just generally a satiation portion? You know, next, is it too long in between your meals? So if it's more than four or five hours, it's probably a bit too long. So yes, you might need something small in between, like uh, some yoghurt and fruits, uh, protein shake and some fruit on the side would be handy. And thirdly, if it's none of those reasons and just general hunger's coming, do you need distraction? Do you need to do something better than eating? Can you do something better than that? Whether it's a task to make you productive with your home or work life, or just do something more fun than eating that's more enjoyable. Whether it's reading, colouring, practising a hobby. I'm practising Spanish at the moment, just as a little extra challenge to me. I've decided to take a pre and postnatal course, so I'll be doing that in between in my days as well. So I'm very, very occupied at the moment. Um, you know, because life is for living. I mean, I love eating too. We are designed to love eating. Do not feel guilty about loving food. That is part of who we are as a human being. You know, accept that, embrace that. What it is, we just we just don't need to eat all the time. You know, we just don't need to. There's, it's just not going to serve any extra purpose apart from you might enjoy it, which that's fine as well. Eating for enjoyment is just as okay. But just having that strategy in place of having something you enjoy straight after a meal so you don't end up eating more of it. Uh, having ta- you know occupying yourself as well in between but replacing it with something better because I think eating for boredom is a big one I think most people they can nail having more filling meals not leaving too long between meals I think what people struggle with is the whole I'm bored I'm sitting here and you know I'm just going to eat because I do feel a bit hungry actually whereas actually you know what I do feel a bit hungry but I'm actually hungry shall I go do something because I think I'm actually just a bit bored so question it. Try it out. Don't just try it the ones to go, oh, I didn't work. Give it 30 days. Give it time. Proper try it. For now, you're going to have to think about it. You may have to even put reminders on your phone or stack it onto another habit you already do. But you've got to try it. You've got to try it for a period of time. Be patient and be persistent with it. If after 30 days it didn't work, then yes, try something else or ask for help from a personal trainer, nutritionist, dietitian, you know, ask for help from the right person, from the right professional and don't struggle alone. Maybe you need a bit of accountability just for a bit to make you do it and become more automatic eventually. It won't take much energy to actually make you think, I'll just go and do this instead. But for now, it's going to take energy and discipline to keep doing it. I hope you found that helpful to get today, folks. Always happy to answer your questions and take your feedback. You can email me at natalie at the nagpersonaltrainer.co.uk. And if you do need help and would like to work with myself or with me, Kate and Meg, because our Doors for the Forever Strong is back open for this week until this Friday, the, what will it be, 27, 28, 29, I think it's the 29th, I think. I'm shit at doing my dates. Um, but it's it's basically, today's the 26th of um, July, just so you know when I'm doing this podcast. And it's for this Friday coming at midday we shut the doors it's only 25.99 per
per month, no contract. We always advise you a couple months at least to get your benefit of what you need from us. We cover um, a monthly focus each month. So the first month we did was all about nutrition and that is still in the Facebook group for Forever Strong. So you could easily go back and go through everything we've done there to help you with your nutrition goals and get into better eating habits because uh, we set a lot of challenges into there as well. This month just going now, we focused on training. So actually if you need some help with being getting better at actually doing your weight training consistently because we do encourage that at least twice a week doing some form of weight bearing exercises for the best results uh, for the long term as well and to support uh, other goals some clients love doing classes and again the uh, we've got a lot of 40 plus women in our uh, group so they're all close to perimenopause or are menopausal so again bone health is at paramount and reducing the risk of muscle wastage is at paramount as well especially to do fat loss so we encourage weight training big time so we've had a quite big big focus on that this month and also helping them work on their squats and giving techniques and ideas on how to improve their squat technique and august coming it's all about mindset which i've been discussing in this podcast so if that's something you struggle with like the all or nothing or you've got no routine you struggle with sleeping and wonder why you're hungry and low mood and lack of energy the next day and you just need some accountability to make sure you do your daily non-negotiables smash your weekly goals through uh getting your training done as well to hit your goals forever strongest for you because we're there to help people in a group environment so you've got that sense of belonging others doing it alongside with you because I think the more people you know who are doing it and working on it, the more you are to do it as well. But if you need a more personal approach, then of course you can ask to work with me. Uh, I do a free 30-minute fitness focus session. I do offer that. So for people to help map out their goals, basically, for the next six months, so up till Christmas at the moment. And that's free. to 30 minutes. You're not obligated to join or sign up to anything. If that session helps you, fantastic. I've done my job. You can go forth and I've left you in a better place. But if after it, you're like, you know what, I do need a bit more coaching, I need more help, then obviously you could look at having a more online or in-person uh, personal training with myself. Or if you want to be more part of a group and a bit of a community um, and share your, your fitness journey with others as well, it may also reflect and help on others, uh, you could join Forever Strong by this Friday midday before we shut the doors again for another month. So if you have any questions, guys, again, you can drop me an email at natalie at nagpersonaltrainer.co.uk or head to my socials, particularly Instagram, and search for at the nagpersonaltrainer and you can always drop me a DM. I'm always happy to help. Information is always free, folks. I do not charge for information. If you just want to ask me something to help you out with something, ask away, folks. Have a great day, guys, and thank you for listening.